everybody. Oh wait! Welcome. Oh, you have it. <laughs> Great start! Great start so far. We're just gonna do both the intros this week. Um, take two twenty one. Yeah, it's a Q and A take with your boys TC and Keys. Yeah, yeah, uh, love it. Let's go. Let's get into it. It's um, a mess. You keep going. Uh, yeah, you know what's funny is uh, Keeks and I have this running template of every week who does the intro. So uh, today was today was my week, but uh, Keeks had to chime in. Oh, that is a sweet postcard, a little after sun postcard. Yeah, I don't even know what it's from. I don't even remember what I ordered. Oh, Marcel the Shell. It must have been from when I got my little and Marcel the Shell. Twenty four just they pump out good movies. They pump out good movies. Tell you what, they they sure do. Good yeah, them, yeah, they might be the best uh, production company. Is that a hot take there? One of the top three, top five? I mean, I think like quality, you, you have to say top three. Right? I mean, like, like in, yeah, in terms, I, I, now I will say, I will say, Brad Pitt's Plan B is very good. I've got a movie that he just released that's excellent. Oh, what is it? Talk about it today. Uh, women Talking. Oh, was he a producer on that? Yeah, Plan B is his production company. It's very good. It's very good. You keep giving the intro, and okay. I'll pull up the movies gotcha. that Plan B has released. Oh, nice. So we're going to be doing favorite trailer, some big-time movie news. I guess the biggest movie news that was announced was James, James Gunn announcement regarding the DC slate, the DCEU. I'm not even that big of a DC fan, but I am excited. So that tells you what the announcement did for me, a casual fan. Uh, we're going to talk about fave thing we watched, um, and then we're going to get right into our Q&A, get into our questions and answers from all you sweets. Thanks for submitting them. Submitting them. They're anonymous. We do not know who submitted these. And that will be kind of the slate today. The last Q&A, fun fact, was on June 20th, take 187. So that was the last time, about seven months ago. I'm just going to list off a few Plan B productions. Um, some that many of y'all have seen. Uh, Moneyball is one. Makes sense. He was in that. The Tree of Life, which is a great movie. 12 Years a Slave, Best Picture winner. Moonlight, Best Picture winner. Selma, If Beale Street Could Talk. Vice, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uh, Minari. Couple uh, Blonde last year, which did not like at all. And women talking. So that, and then uh, Bong Joon Ho's newest movie, Mickey Seventeen, is also being released with their help. So, uh, good little, good little, uh, good little company. Wow, little I thought company. Moonlight was a twenty-four. I thought Moonlight was one of a twenty-four's first movie. It Moonlight, I believe, also was produced by a twenty-four. Oh, okay. Let's see. Let's just Google that real quick. Or it could be, yeah, production company a twenty-four and Plan B. But it was distributed by A24. Gotcha. Yep. What is A24's first movie? I actually want to say that it was, um, oh my gosh, what was that? Uh, Oh, it's going to drive me insane. There was, okay, hold on. A24 films i think what was that movie it spring breakers i think spring breakers was one of the first ones uh technically it was a glimpse inside the mind of charles swan the third um but spring breakers was its third one oh. enemy was its sixth denis villeneuve wow yeah they had some good ones hit some good ones right out i of thought the it was moonlight but yeah no it goes down to february 8th 2013 Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. A glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan the Third. Oh, they did Charlie lost? Sheen, Jason Swartman, and Bill Murray in it? Wow. Incredible. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Not a big bit, not a big Bill Murray guy. Huh. It's funny. I think I think uh there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out about him lately that he's like not a great guy. And um one not, not not surprising. Not very pretty allegations against him. 
No, they're not. And like, if you've seen him in anything, like, or seen him interact with people, I mean, like, he doesn't seem like a super pleasant guy. He's a funny guy. Like, you know, I won't knock him for that. But uh, yeah, bummer. Always a bummer. You know what I mean? These these kind of quirky people, they're nice, or you think they're funny, or sometimes you enjoy their stuff. And then uh turns out, you know, they're they just they they mistreat women or don't, human beings. Don't meet your heroes, even though Bill Murray was never considered a hero of mine. <laughs> the only hero I want to meet is Stucko. Just give me more Chris Stuckman. Give, give us some his his podcast is like excellent pre-production. I, I, it's yeah, so all. good. I haven't listened to it. I want to give it a listen. It is fascinating. I he basically interviews filmmakers and like talks with them about like what movies they made that like and what movies they liked that got them into filmmaking and got them to where they are now. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, so no free ads, but yeah, definitely stuck out. You can get an ad whenever you want on the pod. Whenever. All you got to do is ask. Okay, let's do it. Uh, let's go into our. Movie news. I'll give my fave trailer real quick, just because I want to talk a lot about what we want to talk about. Okay. Uh, I I like the trailer for Murder Mystery too. This is like a perfect B B minus movie. It is a triple B. I love Adam Sandler. That's a hero I would like to meet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the first Murder Mystery. I thought it was a great streaming movie, and I'm excited for the second one. I thought Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler had good chemistry, so I'm looking forward to. Or mystery too. There you have I love it. it. That's my guilty pleasure this week. This uh, this week is looking forward to murder, murder mystery too, and a lot of Netflix controversy going on. They're gonna shut it down with the passwords apparently pretty soon. I'll be saw honest. That. I read the article. It made me confused. I don't know how many people else read the article where it's like you have thirty days to, um, validate yourself that you are in that household or something like that. And that if you're traveling on an iPad, that you have to receive a code to log into Netflix. Still some things I'm unclear about. And maybe they're going to release more steps of how to watch Netflix on the road or or what this password sharing deal is about. It's so silly. Uh, I mean, whatever. We know my opinion on Netflix I I use my mom's and the second that it goes off or like that it expires, no sweat. I mean, what? I can't watch New Girl for the 20th time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest. We've been watching Seinfeld. It's been great. Oh, that's been OK. Bed, that's been our bedtime show. Just a quick 20 minute. Very funny. Unwind. It's just so fu- it's so funny that I'm watching Seinfeld, a show that my mom and dad would like tell me to leave the room at when I was younger, when I'd come up and now watch. I'm like. It's not that bad. It's not that raunchy. Like, sure, there's some there's some dialogue that's a little bit edgy, but it's not that bad. But anyway, it's funny. Our parents just low key didn't want to have to be in the same room with us when sex was being talked about. And we're like, what's that? Yeah. What does that mean? You know, even at the age of 14, when we perfectly know what that is, or well, not perfectly, because even then no one wants to explain to you what it is. So you just kind of have to grow up and put the pieces together. But that's that's the biggest reason. Anytime the word sex is said out loud in like a screen, parents just uh, there's some self-destruct button that happens and they don't know how to function. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So that's my uh, trailer. Do you have a trailer? No, I don't, because I've just been like stoked on this DC DC stuff. Let's do it. Let's unpack. I'll give my full thoughts. I'll run down the slate and then we can talk about everything. Let's do it. Okay, great. Ten new movies. This is chapter one. Gods and. Oh, gosh. Oh, frick. Is it Gods and Monsters, I think is what it's called? Something like that? It's Fury chapter one. Fury of the Gods? No, it's, it, there's like a name to it. It's like Gods. Uh, Let's see. Okay, hold on. DC chapter one. Gods and Monsters. It's Gods okay. and Monsters. Okay, so Gods and Monsters. And we have 10 movies and TV shows that we'll be talking about. The first one is a Superman movie called Superman Legacy. It comes out July 11th, 2025. It will be written by James Gunn. I would imagine he will direct it. And it will not be a an origin story. It will just be... He's existed for like 90 years. We all know who Superman is. Okay. The next thing is The Authority, a superhero ensemble. Um, and 
it's a group of seven heroes with very high concept superpowers. So for one example, um, Jack Hawksmore is physically bonded to cities and he draws his strength from them. So that's one. Next is the DC's like universe version of Batman and it will be the brave and the bold. So it will be a Batman and Robin specifically Damian Wayne's Damian Wayne's um, introduction. We finally get a Robin movie, which is great. Hyped. Yep. I'm excited. Okay. Next thing is Supergirl woman of tomorrow uh, based on Tom King's award-winning comic stories. Cool. Great. Swamp thing. And you sent me something that apparently David Man- or uh, James Mangold is in early talks to direct Swamp Thing. So it's going to be like a horror movie, basically. So that'll be fun. Okay. TV shows, Creature Commandos. This is essentially uh, another Suicide Squad, but um, they're just monstrous prisoners. Okay. The next one is Waller, a series dedicated to Amanda Waller with Viola Davis in the role, and it will lead us into Peacemaker. Okay. Next is Booster Gold. Booster Gold is a like a billionaire from the future who has a lot of cool tech, but he's kind of an idiot and no one respects him. So he travels back in time to be a hero in the present day. That's that sounds interesting. That sounds yeah. like it's going to be funny. I like that one. It sounds great. I would imagine we're going to get like a Chris Pratt or something to play Booster Gold. Yeah. Okay. Next one is Lanterns. They have described it as a buddy cop team up. Uh, an enormous TV events similar to True Detective, which, I mean, that's probably just the default that you say when you want people to think of good true crime is a uh, yeah, it's like a True Detective. Uh, if hey. you get any, if you can get anything in that ballpark of being a True Detective, hats off. Honestly, so the next one is Paradise Lost is set in Themyscira before Wonder Woman, um, and it'll be kind of a Game of Thronesy political intrigue on that island. And then uh, something that was really fun was he's like, we've got Shazam Fury of the Gods coming out. Uh, yeah, Aquaman is like like coming out as well. And then he's like, and then we also have the, Fla- have the Flash, which is one of the greatest superhero movies I've ever seen. And I, too, would also say that about a $300 million movie I had made with a very controversial person as the star. So a lot of, a lot of good damage control there. That's everything that we have. Um, any, th- oh, we also are getting a new kind of series of DC Elseworlds is what it's called. So the Batman part two will be out October, I think, 5th, 2025. We'll get Joker fully ado and we get a Teen Titans go movie. And then there was one more thing. I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting comment that he said about the flash. Do you think he's just saying that just to be like, okay, get people. It's kind of suck, but I think it's good. Yeah, I would be willing to say um little little bit of little little bit of damage control. Um yeah. the other DC Elseworlds movie is the Tenehisi Coates Black Man, Black Superman movie. So, cool. Very cool. Uh give me four S- Superman and Batman movies a year. I don't care. I like what he said that the animation, the animated characters will also cross over to live action. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. He did say that. I yeah. like that. I think that's cool. Like they can cross over. I don't care. So here's my thing. Here are my initial thoughts. Okay. Um, I would say two, maybe three of these properties I was pretty familiar with. And the rest of it, I'm like, I don't know. Now, I'm sure everyone said that about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And the Suicide Squad, we took those on, and now Peacemaker is pretty popular. All of the Guardians of the Galaxies are extremely popular. So I think it's good to think that this will be fine. Like, something good will come from this. We'll have some interesting pieces of movies. And if anything, uh, we get some variety. And variety is good. No, I think if it's anybody that's going to give you variety, James Gunn is a good person to to do it with because like Guardians of the Galaxy didn't really know Guardians of the Galaxy. No, not I mean like famously, like no one did. It wasn't like a very popular one. Yeah, I watched a Spider Man cartoon that mentioned them, and then they were in an episode one time before the movie came out, so I was a little bit aware of them. Had I not watched that, I would have not known squat because even when they showed up in the Spider Man cartoon, I'm like, who are these guys? So. (laughs) 
I'm excited. I, I would say the only thing I'm like nervous about is I don't really care for the TV shows. Yep. We'll probably watch them or watch the one that interests me the most. But hopefully it doesn't have that Marvel effect of like, because I know Peacemaker, people like Peacemaker. Peacemaker's show. great. I loved Peacemaker. So if they can make these shows kind of like Peacemaker, then I think it'll be fine. I haven't seen Peacemaker, but the few people that have like it. So yeah. there you go. That's yeah. my thoughts. Yeah, I, I just, overall, though, new Superman movie. Gosh, we haven't had a good Superman movie. It will be almost 50 years when Superman Legacy comes out from when that first Christopher Reeves Superman movie came out. We oh. haven't had a good one since. I mean, I guess you could say Man of Steel is OK. Superman Returns certainly is not a good one. So, um, yeah, this honestly, even if this is just decent to good, perfect. And also, I did think it was interesting that they showed the cover of All-Star Superman in the reveal. So that's like the most famous Superman comic. And I would imagine that they'll take a lot of inspiration from that. I am excited to see Robin. About time. Yeah, I know. Honestly, live action yeah. Batman or Robin, the last time we had it was Chris O'Connell or whatever his name is. That's a long time. Ugh, long, long time. Too long. Love it. Okay, it's exciting things. It is. And when when's uh, Matt Reeves Batman dropping again? Uh, I believe it's like October 2025. And that's separate from DCEU. Didn't he say Correct. that? Like like the Joker Else Worlds. Yep. Okay. Cool. I like that. I don't I don't care. You don't care about the Batman part 2? No, I mean I don't care that they're not like connected to the DCEU. I'm, I don't let the Matt, Matt let let Matt Reeves cook. Let him do. If you are if you are upset that we're gonna have multiple Batman and maybe multiple Supermen, it's just, uh, yeah, throw in the towel for like having fun and enjoying things. Because come on, I want more Batman, I want more Superman, and I want good stuff. So if that means we get both of those things, I'm very happy. I'm sitting over it's here. It's time. I've been on DC. the train. It's been a very empty train lately. Yep, DC. It's time for you guys to. You're 20 years behind. From Marvel. It's time to pick up the slack, baby. Now, I do want to say, I do want to say, um, if they don't nail these, what do they do? Do Like, are they selling it or do they lock it down for five years? They lock it down. They don't care. They're going to keep going. Okay. Warner Brothers, DC, they got a lot of money. Love it. Love it. But it'll be good. It'll be much better. James Gunn got his experience from Marvel. He's going to do fine. And here's the thing. I was telling my students this the other because all my students come in during lunch and we just chat about like comic news and movie news and stuff like that. And um, I asked, I was like, would you rather have consistently decent to okay, like good stuff? Or would you rather have some crap, but some like incredible heavy hitters? And I would much rather have some crap with some heavy hitters. Yeah, absolutely. Because the crap is kind of fun to to muddle through. It's conversation. How often have we talked about this, like Suicide Squad, the first one on this podcast, compared to like, I don't know, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp? Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that Ant Man and the Wasp came out while we had the pod, and Suicide Squad didn't, like, we've probably referenced how bad Suicide Squad is way more times than we've referenced. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp was a movie that came out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was totally. Um, it was totally forgettable, but Suicide Squad was so bad, it was not forgettable. You cannot forget it. You cannot forget how hot that theater was. Holy crap. We got to see it for free, though. I got to basically see it for free because okay. T-Mobile was just giving tickets out. Yeah. Okay. On to Faith Thing We Watched. I'm ready. I'll go I'll go by three. I'm excited for you to talk because I, I love one of these movies that you talked about. So I'll go first. Uh, sh- Shithouse. Finally got to it. Cooper Rafe. You guys watch Cha Cha Real Smooth. Watch Shit House because both of those are very relatable. And Cooper Rafe makes you feel like you are just a fly on the wall watching conversations unfold. I think that is my favorite piece of his filmmaking is it really feels intimate with, you know, conversations. It takes its time. So Shit House, fantastic watch. I was like, man, I've done that before with some things where I'm like, I fell really fast. The person that I was pursuing was not feeling the same way. 
I got on Instagram. I was like, should I like this post? Should I, should I, should I text her? Uh, I hated those mind games. I'm so, so glad I'm not single anymore. <laughs> Thankful to be married. That I'll have to be, deal with dating, but uh, it was a good flashback. And I would say my only beef with Shay House was the ending was a little, it was like, um, it was like, whoa, that was a long time. It's like three years later or something like that. So that was like the only thing where I was like, maybe six months later would have been better. I don't know. But still, that's like a very minor qualm. I'd give an A slash sweet or A minus, something like that. But I still had a blast. I uh, I feel the exact same way. Uh, I think it's gross how Cooper Rafe um, brings out the amount of cringe that I had in my college and teenage years of how I just so desperately wanted a girlfriend. So, so desperately wanted a girlfriend. And um, he does a really good job of doing that. A lot of times I did the exact same thing. You know, you you hang out with them like all night. You're talking, you're enjoying yourselves. And then you go back to your apartment and then you hit them up the next day. And it's just crickets. And it's like, what did I do? Did you have a dream that was weird? Like, was I dreaming? Did this not happen? Like, I thought we were enjoying ourselves, but no, you know what I mean? Very you know, weird. And then not only the dating aspect of this, I really like the homesickness aspect of this movie. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I went to Western Wyoming Rock Springs when I was 18, I cried when my parents dropped me off. I was sad. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be, I, it just dawned on me, like, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Like, meaning I will not be living at my parents anymore. Like, that was like, hopefully I don't live with my parents anymore. Kind of like, now it's time for me to be independent is what was happening in my head. And Jesus. so that was, I thought that was explored really well. Like Cooper Rafe was, was really close with his mom and sister. And I thought that was a nice little element to the movie that made it really kind of endearing. So yeah. what are we going to ask? Do you think you would have been as homesick had your parents dropped you off in like a school in Los Angeles or San Diego? Do you think part of it was the fact that you were being dropped off in the middle of Wyoming? Yeah, that didn't help that much. <laughs> That's a good point. Rock Springs was three hours away. So like I did go home a couple of times like on weekends, but uh, still it was just like, I can't go home every day. Like that's, that's too far. That's like a six hour round trip. So we ain't doing that. But anyways, so I thought that was shit house. Great watch. Loved it. The other one we watched was instant family with um, Mark Wahlberg and Rose Bryn. Is it burn? I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know. You look it up or I'll look it up and you keep talking. Uh, But great little watch. It's like a perfect B comedy where um, this couple, they uh, decide to get into foster care. They um, get involved with um, three children. One's a teenager and then two are younger children and they foster care these. And man, I I just got to say like the foster care that happens in the world is like, man, people that do that, that is like a special heart. And you can really make a huge impact. So I thought this movie had a lot of charm, a lot of heart, and it was very funny. Shout out my cousin-in-laws, Hayden and Carson Shipman. Watched it with them. They came over, uh, made some cookies, ice cream. Just a great atmospheric watch with, you know, what this is a perfect movie where if you watch it with people, it heightens it because everyone else is laughing. So that's why I bumped it up, but I give it a B plus last week. Sweet. Okay. Okay. Um, it's Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. So I know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Rose Byrne. Um, I've good not comedy. seen this one. I've heard it, good things though. It is a good comedy. It, there are some things like, wow, it's like, wow, it feels like it's a lot of yelling. Almost feels like uncut gems sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes you're like, why can't they just like come together? But that's probably how it is sometimes with foster care is you really can't read. Um, kids that you're trying to help raise and whatnot and i'm not a parent but that's got to be how it is sometimes as a parent so and lastly i didn't put it on the pod on the on the notes dark netflix done and done wow mind bending i was i was thrilled it was a great watch i would probably i have to give this series an a plus last week i'm still thinking about it I will say seasons one and two season one's like an a season two is like three a pluses <laughs> like yeah it's true season two is some of the best television I've ever seen then th- season three takes a little bit of a drop and I'd probably give like season three an a minus mm-hmm. 
And then, but we're still going to land the series at an A plus just because season two is that good. Yeah. Season three is a, is weirdly like kind of underwhelming when everything's all said and done. It's like, Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's not bad, but it's like the whole movie is so high concept that when the whole thing is revealed, it's like, Oh, that was it. Oh, like not really. That was it, but it was kind of like, yeah, I was like, Oh, that's that's I thought it was going to be more to it, but I did like how it was like, that does make sense. It makes the viewer be like, okay, that makes sense. Totally. Totally. It's not anything that's like not it's it's it all makes sense. Yeah. Which I do appreciate. It's like, okay, I don't really have to go to YouTube and see what is this? What is that? I don't understand this. It's like when the when the series ends, you're like, oh, okay, like that does make sense. So dark is. Holy moly. Everybody should watch this. I think it's a plus last week. It is very good television making 26 episodes of tight, great character development and the foreshadowing and the continuity of everything. Baffling. Yes. I think the the writing is phenomenal. I so, love it. Yeah, great, great show. Go. One of my favorites. We might be talking about it for a, for a question that we got for some of the sweets today. Okay. So last night, well, this whole week I have been at school to around eight o'clock because my students, as I've talked about, they have a 60 page script that they are producing right now. They did all the pre-production. They did all the casting. Um, pre-production has arrived or now production has arrived. We did five days this week. So we're about a third. We're a third of the way through. And um, yesterday, so Friday, Becky was having some friends over for like a little like girls night. And I knew that I was going to get done probably around nine, which I did. And so I told Becky okay, you enjoy your night. I'm going to go watch a movie. I went and and after in a day of teaching and talking, I went and I listened and I listened to women talking. What an incredible movie. Incredible movie. I'm going to say this right out of the gate. Plan B. Okay, Brad Pitt, whoever's involved in this, Francis McDormand, I know you were a producer too. Why is it coming out in January? Why didn't you throw this out in November or October when nothing came out or Jan- or December? It's the exact same thing that happened with Portrait of a Lady on Fire in 2019 and 2020. 2019, it had like a really small premiere like all these things do in L.A. and New York. But guess what? 95% of the country does not live there. And a lot of us want to see these movies and we can't go see these movies. So we have to wait till freaking January. The same thing happened with uh, 1917 as well, which had they released that in November or December, it would have done incredibly well. But I relate it to Ports of a Lady on Fire because Parasite was clearly the front runner for Best Picture. Uh, rightfully so. A very good movie. But honestly, had Portrait of a Lady come on fire, come out at around the same time, I firmly believe that it had an equal chance to win every single one of those awards. And that is a hill I will die on. I think it is as deserving of winning Best Picture as that one. And honestly, Women Talking is so good that had it been released a little bit earlier, I don't believe as firmly as for Portrait of a Lady on Fire that it would have won Best Picture, but definitely should have got a Best Directing nomination certainly could have been a finalist for best cinematography i know people don't love the cinematography but i loved how it's like grayscale morphing into black and white i just think that it really emphasizes those little touches of color super super well and the direction is so nice all the rack focuses it does where you know the focus is on one person and then that same frame they they adjust the focus to move to another person in the back it's incredible. It's a great movie. It's an A suite. Honestly, I think it's very accessible. It's a very, it's a hard story. And there's some hard like story elements to it where some story elements do feel a little thin. I do think that overall it's, it's a great story of these women that live in this rural community where they've been shut off from learning and from nature. And um, one of them gets, uh, uh, basically uh, uh, sexually assaulted. And so all of the women get together to talk about, do we stay and fight or do we leave forever? And that's the movie in a barn. They're talking about which one of them they should do. Oh, wow. So yeah. is it kind of like 12 angry men where it's like in one room? It, yes. That's so funny. That you mentioned that except for there are parts where they're out in the farm. So it's not totally just one room, but as I was watching it, I'm like, okay, 12 angry men, more or less. Gotcha. And this this came out what a few weeks ago, right? When did it dropped, yeah, maybe two, three weeks ago. Yeah, man, I agree. It's, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it before the Oscars uh, come out. But 
there was after Wakanda Forever, there was a whole month where nothing came out until Avatar Wave Water. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Netflix dropped uh, Knives Out, Glass Onion in theaters for one week. Like that, like, yeah, that's that window where a lot of people probably could have utilized. Like Glass Onion should have stayed out in theaters for one month. Women Talking probably should have stayed out and came out. Mm-hmm. So interesting, yep. interesting that it came out when it did. Yep. So What's there you go. Grade? Go see Women Talking. It's an A suite. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, okay. Time, time for some cues. Let's do it. Let's go down. Let's go okay. down the list. So this can go for both of us because you're a you're a um, you're a uh, give a, a brief little intro, Kamiko, aka Keeks. I've been doing. We've been doing the pod for five years. So the first little bit of my filmmaking journey was the podcast. And then it slowly morphed into making connections and starting with those connections and producing, like making actual stuff. And after a couple of years of that, I am now a teacher of film at Copper Hills High School in West Jordan, Utah. And we're doing a lot of cool stuff with my students and we're making movies and we're changing lives. And it's been awesome. So why don't I give you give a give a little give a little brief intro? I think we've done these since like the, the first dream. take. Yeah, it's been a while. Tanner LeBaron. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Anyways, I do basketball training for Lace Em Up. I've been doing that since 2014. I uh, have a blast doing that. I teach small groups, big groups, uh, personal training, all that stuff. Working really on like skill development, details, um, working on timing, shot, all the skills. And then I also wanted to become a school counselor. And so I am uh, in my last internship officially. So I have internship one that I just wrapped up and I have internship two starting up and i've been working education since 2020 of january like two months before COVID happened um so i started at ok in junior high I worked as a student advocate where we have like a caseload of about 20 students that we work with closely with our school counselor that we're assigned and we just keep track of these students make sure they're doing okay um socially emotionally academically and these are kind of the students that are more so at like a tier three intervention that need more extra support. And um, then I decided to go and move away from that in 2021. I decided to go to Tint View high school and be a credit recovery teacher. It's like a study hall is super chill, but that was a really interesting time because I was like, do I want to be high school? Do I want to do junior high? So I went and did that, and then I was at, I was there at Timbu for one year, and then I went back to Oak Canyon, where I'm doing my internship, where I did my prad to come, and it's more or less the same thing that I did when I started, just a little bit more organized. The program's better, and uh, it's been great. It's been really sweet just to help these students out. So that's a little bit about me. That's what I do, daily basis, basketball training, and being at the school. Love it. We're both married, both have dogs, and we, we both both movie boys. So what is your biggest thing that you've gotten out of being a teacher? This I don't know if this will surprise people. Um, teenagers know what's good. Like teenagers have taste. I think a lot of people think that they just let's just give them uh like schlock, you know, uh, throw them some cr- like a crappy horror movie and they'll go see it, which is true. But they also know what's good. Like I've had students asking me if I've seen women talking. I'm like, oh, you've already seen it. You know what I mean? So kids know what's good. And I don't think they're respected nearly as much as they should be by these huge production teams making movies for them. They want to see good stuff like women talking. Uh, they just don't know how to access it. So let's let's, you know. Let's tighten up the marketing and help students. That's what I try to talk about like every day, the first class period of the week for each of my days, we do a, what did you watch this week? And I try to like talk about, you know, obscure movies that I've watched that I think that they would like to Mm -hmm. open up their horizons a little bit. You know what I mean? Have your students watched a lot of movies that you've recommended and have they come like the next day or week and been like, I finally watched it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I had a student that just watched the matrix. They're like, holy crap, the Matrix. What's What's been like the most rewarding? I'm going to ask you to you. What's been like the most rewarding? Like, yeah, yeah, I told you you would like that. What's been like a movie that you're like, you need to watch this, watch it. They did. Or just one student. What would it be? Uh, I 
I low key was like, someone was like, do you like what horror movies do you recommend? And so I always say the wailing first, because I think it's one that not a lot of people seen, but it's awesome. And the student came back the next day and was like, holy crap, that was amazing. Give me, give me more like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nah, not for, but like, you know, you kind of get a gauge of what you think people will like. And uh, yeah, that was, that was and also just like watching spirited away in class and having every single student being like, I thought I was going to hate that, but that was amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's sweet. Yeah. So Dude, what about my, you? My biggest thing that I've, uh, I'm not really like a teacher. I'm like a pseudo teacher, but, uh, I do have to sub from time to time. Don't love that. Don't like subbing just because when some teachers are down, we'll have to fill in sub. We're like the emergency plan, plan C subbing anyways. But the biggest thing that I've gone out of like being a teacher, working in education is, um, man, these kids are pretty funny. Like they are, they're, they're smarter than I think what we give them credit for. And not only can like adults and, you know, people that work in education make a difference in their lives, but they can also make a difference in our lives. So that's what I've kind of gotten out of. Like one time I had a student on my birthday, give me a crumble gift card for $5. And I told him like two weeks ago that I liked crumble and he remembered and he gave me a gift card and like, was just really sweet. I was like, that is so nice. And I was like, that needs a lot. So yeah, I love it. So what, when I've had a birthday, um, for each each time that I've worked in education, like I've had a, a couple of students like surprise me with a gift or something, and I was like, "That is really thoughtful." That's cute. Yeah, that's I the biggest that. thing I've gotten out of being a teacher in education is like these kids are they're pretty smart and pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get the and next re- one. We'll switch off and resilient too. A lot of them have some stuff going on too that are tough. So yes. Uh, what's your morning routine? I have uh, my alarm goes off at six twenty-five. I hit snooze once, and then I get up, and then I let the dog out, let Honey out, and then uh, I normally make breakfast, like some cereal. I'll get packed, and I'll sometimes have oatmeal on the road, just because I'd rather just eat it on the road. It's not that bad to eat on the road. I see a lot of other drivers next to me eating on the road, and. Uh, then I get to school by 7.30. And then Monday and Thursday, I have breakfast club, basketball training at 6, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. So I'm getting up like at 5.10 is when my alarm goes off. Yeah. So that's kind of my morning routine. 5.15. Uh, Mondays, I'm generally up at like 5.15. Maybe I hit the snooze once and I leave around, you know, 5.30, 5.40. I find that if I get on the road before 6, it's a smooth transition to work. I'm on the freeway or the highway for 95% of my commute. So it's great. Um, and then gosh, that's kind of, uh, yeah, I try to get to school between like six 30 and six 45 because then I have at least 30 minutes before students start to like come into my room to hang out before class starts. And I can actually get stuff done without interruptions. And then, you know, as they come in, we kind of hang out and chat and movie stuff. And then, that's it. So I'm up at 5.15 every day and maybe around like 5.30. Once it gets to Friday, I'm super tired. So I hit that snooze a few times and I'm up at 5.40 and I'm out by around 5.55, 6. What, what, uh, what time do you go to bed at? Because I know you're getting up early. 9.30. What's up? 9.30. Oh, that's a great bedtime. Yep. So I get that full eight hours, 9.30, go to bed around 9.30. We're upstairs at around 9, 9.15. And then, yeah, by 930, it's like basically we're lights out going to bed asleep. Sweet. And I'm pretty I'm pretty committed to that, too. There's because honestly, like I'm in bed at 1030 and I have to wake up at five. It's miserable. So, yeah, I'm like 930 is is my cat. You know, your cycle. It's great. Sure do. Okay, next question. Where would you hate to live? Uh, What do you go? Where would you hate to live? Either of the Dakotas. Uh, just absolutely zero interest in either of those states. Um, shouts out to all of our sweets in, in the Dakotas. If you can convince me that I'm wrong, I'd love that. But uh, uh, now I have zero interest in Mount Rushmore. And that's the only thing I know about the Dakotas. So there, that either one of those places. That's really good. I actually, yeah, I'd probably say like Nebraska, like out in the boonies of Nebraska. 
which is like 95 percent of like lincoln and omaha are literally like 30 minutes from each other and they're the biggest cities there and we have listeners from the one of the dakotas or nebraska we're sorry i hope you probably love it there we hope you do i actually lived in that or yeah huh i lived in scott's bluff nebraska um for like six months when i got home from a mission for basketball oh yeah yeah that's right so that was uh that was out the booties okay here's another place i'd hate to live this is a hot take because it would okay. be super hot there. Arizona, like Phoenix in the summer. Oh, that's too much. That's too hot. That's too, too hot. Great in the winters, but too hot. Wow. Okay. I would not have seen that one coming. Yeah. I don't like when I, I don't like to be really, really hot. Like even the summers here in Utah, I'm like, Ooh, and hot. I can see that. Okay. So, okay. Next one. Okay, here we go. Uh, what do you consider your biggest regret? <sighs> you know, as I look back on it, there are certain there are certain moments in my life where I wanted to pursue filmmaking or clothing or anything like that, and I kind of let the the noise in the background to get the best of me. And I was just like, well, I should probably get a job and, you know, like do a career that will get me a job. And then as I worked in filmmaking, it's like, holy crap, anyone like right out of high school, any kid could come in and do this and like make a decent living. What the heck was I doing? So just getting like a late start on filmmaking stuff. I wish I would have, you know, started it five years earlier, but that's okay. You can just start it now. Yeah. One of my biggest regrets was probably I mean, yeah, there's always regrets that you have, mm-hmm. big or small. One of the biggest ones is piano. Oh, Stop yeah. playing piano. It still bothers me. Anytime like I see a piano player, like when I watched La La Land and Ryan Gosling was tickling the ivory, I was like, dang it. You could be Seb. Yeah. And I was good at piano and I just stopped. Like I, I could I could play good some good songs. But uh I was just one of those resistant kids to their parents. I was like, mom, I'm not doing this anymore. And I regret it because I would have, I love music and I would have loved to have continued to play piano. So, but yep. I didn't. So that's, that's a big regret. Tough. That's a tough one. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. Like little things that I picked up and was like, kind of stopped doing. It's like, ah, I should have kept doing that. Yeah. And then I would have liked to just inquire more skills when I was like in high school and even college, like just applying myself a little bit more. Yeah. Taking fun classes. I feel like the only classes I ever took in high school and college were like, like ones to basically be able to graduate. You know what I mean? Like I never took a video class in high school and looking back, it's like, I probably would have loved the video class in high school. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Top three favorite movies from each of you. I'll go first. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Spider-Man 2. Those are some of my top three. That's probably the top three. Yeah, mine's The Dark Knight, Drive, and Star Wars. So you can go to Take 100 and you can listen to talk, us talk about all of our favorite movies. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's great. Great. Favorite television shows of all time. You got one off the top of your head? Uh, Attack on Titan. Oh, you're going to say Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. And that. Yeah. Like, so here's the thing. Twin Peaks is a weird one because Attack on Titan is so consistently great. that That's always the first one that pops up into my head. But Twin Peaks, that second season is a little jarring. Okay. Um, But the first season is awesome. And then obviously the return is like one of my favorite things. It's my favorite thing that I watched last year because it's it has every bit of emotion you can experience in every genre thrown into an 18 episode TV series. So Twin Peaks is truly worth your time. It's just wild. And David Lynch, for good reason, is my favorite filmmaker. Yeah. Okay. What about you? So Attack on I know Titan. you probably have more than I do. Uh, Lost is probably my top dog. I love Lost. That's probably my favorite TV show of all time. And then I really like uh, season one of True Detective. <laughs> that yeah, is... that's great. another great speaking, answer. Speaking of True Detective, yeah, season one is, woof, that is really good. I uh, love The Office. I really love Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. I kind of like to jumble those two together because I think obviously they work really well together. Yeah. Um, it's continuation. And love Naruto. And I really have loved Attack on Titan as well. 
Death Note. Death Note's another one. I love oh, Death yeah. Note. Death Note's phenomenal. Yeah. What else have I? I'm trying to just think of stuff that I've really, really enjoyed. But oh, uh, Succession's great. Um, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, that's I, been great. I love Game of Thrones. Besides the last season, sure. But man, that was some of the best TV watching ever. Yeah. Was I binged that hard to catch up the last season and it was a blast. Same. So, Same. uh, but if I had, if someone had to say, like, hey, what is your favorite TV show of all time? It's got to go lost. I got to go with lost. It's so fun rewatching it in 2020. So, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch that one. If I do watch it, it'll be like if we have children and they want to watch it, that's when I'll watch it. But I but. think that's it would be a great time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it your turn? Sure. I'll do it. Uh, if you could have one actor alive or dead play in a biopic, who would you choose? So, um, weirdly enough, I, I know this is kind of like maybe a recency bias thing, but I actually do think that they would probably play me the best. It's like probably Cooper Rafe. Uh, he basically oh, is that's... not just me, but like the stories that he writes, it's like, oh, that's exactly how I was. So, yeah, let's just throw you in there and you'll play me. And also, <laughs> like, there's not a lot of Paul Neat, like what I could pick a Jacob battle on from spy from Spider-Man. But like, I don't know. He actually could be decent. I could maybe see him playing me as well. Not okay. a lot of app, not a lot of Polynesian actors. Um, I don't want the rock playing me. So yeah, I want, yeah. well, we'll go with it. Jacob battle or Cooper Rafe. Sure. Okay. I'm going to go with Jack black just because I want him to elevate my life and make me funnier. So we'll, we'll go with Jack black. Uh, not Ben Roethlisberger. Oh my gosh, no, no. Or Ben Platt could, because people have told me I look like Ben Platt. Oh, that would be good. There That's go. actually a good one. <laughs> so, either uh, Kennedy's shaking her head with her mouth open, being like, "Yeah, Ben Platt." Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, no. That's actually totally what it should be. Okay, ben Jack Platt. Black's great too. No, you can, you can. Jack Black's great. I would rather have Jack Black because I just would rather be funnier. But Ben Platt would actually he, probably, he plays the piano, right? I know he sings. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe. I guess because he's going to be a movie just... about me quitting piano and then making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you could spend the day with anyone in the film industry, who would it be? I got you. Who do you think would would be mine? My first. Oh. John Bernthal. Oh, that's a good one. No, no, actually. That would be really cool, actually. Would, he'd probably be a top three. I'm going to go with The Rock. I would love to wake up in the morning and hit the gym with The Rock. Okay, I know no, that would be, be great. He'll be throwing weight around. I would love just to spot him, but uh, <laughs> it would be The Rock, dude. I mean, we, we, we'd we wake up in the morning, like probably like five in the morning, go work out. We get all the pre-workout, all the post-workout. Get some ZOA yeah. in you. Yeah, we'll get some ZOA. We'll, we'll listen to his song. I got power. I got strive i got devour all that good stuff and then we'd probably just do some fun rock things you got to join him on a cheat day yes yeah I'd totally be on a cheat day but we'll yeah, we would still get that we still get that pump in eat a 37 stack of pancakes so it's, it's gonna be the rock okay the rock i like that that's a good choice man anyone gosh um it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. Because obviously my first like inkling was David Lynch, but I also feel like he'd be kind of a weirdo. Like, I don't know if he'd be like a fun person to spend a day with. So. No, you know what? It would be David Lynch. Because then I could just be like, how the frick did you do all this stuff? Like, what what's going on in your brain? Like, Pick teach me brain. how to make stories like you do. Yeah. Or honestly, Steven Spielberg. Okay. Yeah, I, I honestly think that Steven Spielberg, or either one goes. So, so it'd be Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, or David Lynch. Because I think you could have a totally different conversation with all of them, but have them all be very inspiring and uh, heartfelt. Okay. If you could come with me, who, or if I could go with you, who would you choose? If it wasn't just you, it was like, if I was coming with you. I mean... That sounds stupid, but 
stuck out, right? Yeah, yeah, it had to be. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. Okay, I was so like, we've yeah. already talked to him, then we would just like go watch some movies with them. Yeah, totally. Shoot. Eat some apple pie yeah. at my mom's house. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay. Way. Cool. Yeah. 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 I I was surprised that you didn't pick John Bernthal though. I really thought you were gonna pick Johnny B. Love me some Johnny B. I know you do. Right. Okay. If you could, uh, what's a movie you wish you could see for the first time again? I've got mine. Hit me. I, I've got mine. And it might be kind of a out of left field, but I remember watching this going into it blind, like blind, 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 blind. I had no idea. And watching it being like, oh my, like blown away. Gone Girl. Oh, that's a good one. Do you, I don't, I feel like I like live, like texted you, like, Gone girl, holy crap! Like, like my roommates were gone, so I set up a mega bed in our li- in our living room, and I just watched movies. And Gone Girl was one of them. And oh my gosh, yeah, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. My mind was blown. That's a good one. Yep, I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta go with. I've mentioned on the pod, Tron Legacy was one of the best theater experiences ever. IMAX 3D was cool. The soundtrack slapped. And I was there with my two older brothers, which was like a great um, brother bonding moment. So got to go with Tron Legacy. That's like the one theater movie that I always revert back to. Like that was such a cool theater experience is that Jordan Commons just rocked. I it's what a great what a what a great. uh, Wow. What a great pick. I know. Yeah. Consistently one of your favorite movies that just blows my mind. I I would say for like a mind bending movie, I would love to rewatch Memento or even Enemy. I think about Enemy often. Enemy's a great one. So probably Enemy would be like a a streaming movie that I'd like to rewatch. In theaters, though, would be Get Out like that. Holy crap. Yeah. Get Out would be like my theater pick. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay, next question. Perfect. Okay, let me see. So, I uh, the, who of our friend group who is the realist? I wonder who submitted this. Is this like your movie wheel friend group? No, no. Of of like the like you, me, of like Eric, Stevo, Gabe, uh, Todd, Taft. Who's the realist of our friends? I would say it's Todd. Yeah, I was gonna say Todd too. Sweet BDH. Todd does a good job of 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 uh, keeping in touch and just keeping it real. So I'd probably go Todd. But honestly, every single one of them does oh, it in their own way. But fantastic but friends, yeah. You you asked who is the realist, and it's Todd. Yeah, I'd probably say Todd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But the, but the most exciting person to see is Steve-O. Oh, every time. <laughs> yeah. I love seeing Steve-O. Oh, hey, Steve-O's Steve-O, how can you not? Yeah, that's a good question. But I, I will say Keeks and I are very fortunate to have had good friends from high school that we still talk to today. I don't think a lot of people can say that and feel very fortunate to have those friends. I would so, agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a great it's a great group. And ever we get to just hang out. It's uh, it, it's always a fun time. Always a great time. Love it. OK, yeah. next one. Not a question. Just got to say, I'm sick of Ryan Reynolds. Dude plays himself and everything, and he's not funny. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's kind of true. Let me elaborate on this. I don't know who submitted this, but I got to say, um, I feel like after ever since Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds was like, cool, I'll just play myself. <laughs> oh, Deadpool made $600 million. Great. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when's the last movie that he didn't play himself? The proposal? I still feel like he's himself in the proposal. He's kind of himself, though, there. Yeah. 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 I I like Ryan Reynolds, but I I, I agree with this. Like, let the guy guy have some range. Let him pull an Adam Sandler and go try to be something else. Or Brandon Frazier. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you did you watch The Adam Project? I didn't watch it, but... I did. Yeah, he plays the same person. Oh, he does? Yeah. Yeah, sure does. Okay. Okay. Great. (laughs) Great. I kind of agree. I don't know. I'm a little sick of him, too. Okay. Next one. Would you ever refuse to see a movie? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Would you? I mean, it depends on like like Tetsuo the Iron Man. I ain't going to see that. 
thanks. That's a good. But the thing is, though, is it's like, 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 is this like a like a political statement or something like that? Like, would I ever refuse yeah. to watch that movie? Uh, probably not. I mean, there are certain movies where I'm like, okay, that seems like that might be a little much for me from like, um, the content guy. Like, if if something's like pretty heavy then maybe i'm like yeah i don't know if i'd really like that or something like that so but to actually refuse there have to be some pretty intense stuff for me to refuse to watch it yeah i think honestly like what what happens with um with you know when you talk about like refuse is for me it's like there's not really anything I would refuse to see. There's a handful of like artists that like, I have no interest. So maybe, so it's like Roman Polanski's new movies. Uh, yeah. Probably never going to watch those. Woody Allen, same thing. Um, uh, Kevin Spacey, same thing. But then it comes up to the conversation of art versus the artist. And like, I still have Yeezys that I wear. Um, I bought them before all the crazy stuff happened and they're shoes and they're very comfortable. So do I wear them? Yes. Am I going to buy any more in the future? No, I will not. Yeah. Um, it's stuff like that. Like, yeah. Like, like, am I going to watch the usual suspects again? Probably less likely to now than I was before everything, but do I love, Ro- do I love Rosemary's baby? Yeah. Roman Plansky, not a great person. Um, I'm still probably going to watch Chinatown, you know, stuff like that. It's a, it's a tough thing to weigh out and that why that's why every single person who you know like talks about art versus the artist it's just every person has to figure out what it is i don't know Touché. i don't have a better answer for you that's a really good answer i know that it's kind of like a that's probably not what you want to hear but that's exactly what the answer is um I, but refusing to see that movie cuties that went to netflix that's one that i that i know no i'm not i'm not seeing yeah. that one I will say everybody's everyone's got their opinion. Everybody can, you know, choose to watch a movie, choose not to watch a movie. I mean, I know I have a few people that I'm like, I few people that I know that just won't watch radar movies. And I'm like, oh, oh, but please, like, it's not that bad. And it's like, hey, that's your opinion. Like, if that's what you want to do and if that was makes you feel good, I, I do respect that. I actually just found something I refuse to watch. What's that? Um, I refuse to watch any movie that has been edited by VidAngel or CleanFlix or anything like that from its original format. I mm. refuse to watch anything that has been altered purposefully to make people feel more comfortable watching it. Um, I refuse to watch anything like that. So that and that is, is my refusal. Why is that? Just because it's altered it? And yeah, like the artist didn't release artist. it in its form. You know, the artist released it in its original form. If they wanted it to be easier for audiences to digest, they would have done that. But yeah. they release everything in a purpose. Like I would hate to create something and then for someone to go over it and totally edit what I made. You know, it feels really weird. So that's that's my answer. Okay. I like that. That's a good answer. Yep. Okay. Um, if you could meet one living working filmmaker, who would it be and what and what would you ask them? So I think I know yours. Oh, can you go first? Do you have yours? Mm. I can go. You can go. Um, how to ask Martin Scorsese? Because I I love. There's so many filmmakers that I love, but Martin Scorsese specifically is like, how how did you make Goodfellas? How the heck did you make that movie? And more specifically, it's like, how do you how do you how do you make these scripts work so well? Like, how do you as a director approach directing and making a script? That's what I would ask it. That's good. I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to ask Christopher Nolan, what separates you from other filmmakers? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. I would also love to ask a producer of how do you know who the right person is to pick for every aspect of making the film? Yeah. Or do you just have your go-tos and you do that? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I like this next question. Oh, I want to, I want to also add to it. I would also like to ask Wes Anderson, why do you use the same actors in the majority of your films? Oh, I can kind of answer that for you. It's just like some people are really good and they understand your like direction style okay. and your, 
work. So you just like, like when me and my buddy Aaron, so he was like my directing partner when we were at our last job and we worked with the same person, like, like in most of our sets, we always had the same cinematographer, which is my friend, Jack. And then, uh, Monica was like one of the talents that we kind of specifically looked for the most because she was the easiest and the best to work with. Yeah. And then grip gaff, like all these people, we have a list of all these people that if we needed to make something, we would call them up right now. Screenwriters too. Like one of our favorite was Christian Ledeck or uh, Tanner Ralph, just great dudes that know how to write really good stuff. And you can get assemble that team really quickly and make something awesome. Like that's what I would imagine is kind of their answer. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of a dumb question, but I would may have been. No, like, it's not. Cause I actually think a lot of people are like, why the heck does Steven Spielberg use the same like cinematographer every time? Why is Janusz Kaminski always there? Good chemistry. Yep. Chemistry. This is Trust. like the Warriors. They're not. Trust. Exactly. Love it. Because... Exactly. All right. Next dream question? sponsor for the pod. Ooh, dream sponsor. Here you go. You go. Okay. So like, like I have two kind of. One is uh, the Megaplex because I go there once or twice a week. It's my favorite movie theater. I love that movie theater. And that would like that would be awesome as if we we're like their official movie podcast. Um, my other one that I would say, like, honestly, if I had to be kind of selfish. I I would really like to have um, like a clothing brand that I like, be it like Kith. So whenever they do their movie or their pop culture collaborations, so like if they do a Halo uh, related clothing brand, like we would just help advertise for that. You know what I mean? Like that would be really, really cool. And we'd probably get like promo kits and stuff and get free clothes. Man, that's really good. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is a hard question. Like would I want a sponsor to hook it up with like clothes would Papa John's pizza be nice? Would Chick-fil-A? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Raising canes. I think it would be something that like something small that I like a like a business that I like really like and appreciate and would like to sponsor them to get them more credibility was something like I like. Like I like to go to or something like that. So yeah. there's like, like a sneaker place around here that I really like and I've gone to a few times. Maybe like that. local Chubbies. I love Chubby's restaurants. That'd be kind of sweet. Oh, Chubby's. Let's let's hit them up. Yeah, there's there's no relation between Chubby's and and movies, but you know what? We can make it work. <laughs> it's right next to the Megaplex, so we'll sponsor Chubby's and the Megaplex. There you go. That's a good point. Perfect. I like it. Okay, what? A couple more, two more. What one movie would you bring with you to a desert island? These are kind of like three questions in the same thing, but for me, it's always School of Rock. I love that. Yeah, and it's gotta be it's gotta be Lord of the Rings. I, I would just love to. Uh, it's just the. My favorite movie, and it's just so rewatchable. For Wait, me. which one? Fellowship. I would okay. do Fellowship. Yeah. Okay. What now here's a good one. This is a good one. Movie what character? What one character from a movie would you want to be stranded on a desert island with? Mm. Can I change it to TV series? Because I'd probably pick Saul Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> Not Mike Ehrmantraut. I actually think Mike Ehrmantraut would be a good person. He would be resourceful. Actually, yeah, Mike Ehrmantraut would be very resourceful. Okay, let me think about a resourceful movie character. Who do you have? I know. I'm like kind of trying to think about it because it's it's uh it's tough. Oh, I'm gonna go to my movie list really quickly, um, and just kind of like start going going down the list of characters. But okay. I you, you know who might be actually be good. I think I maybe would pick Indiana Jones. Oh, what a choice! That's great. I think I'd go with Indiana Jones Explorer. I think he would explore the island and maybe try to find um, some clues or hints of how to get off. So I'm gonna go Indiana Jones. So here's a here's one that it just it popped up on my list, and I think it's funny, and I think it would be a good time. Is Colin Farrell's character from The Gentleman? Oh my heck. He'd just be cracking wise the whole time. He'd, you know, he'd teach you how to box a little bit. You'd stay in shape. He's probably very resourceful as well. Um, I would just maybe say Colin Farrell in general. Like now that I think about it, like I'd love to meet Colin Farrell. He would be really, really cool to just hang out with. That'd be that would be good. I would like I would like that. Or can I just pick Nicolas Cage from Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? Oh yeah. No, but it would be Colin Farrell from I'll I'll just I'm saying the gentleman because I really like who he is in that character in that movie. But maybe I could think of another one. 
Yeah, I think that's great. He'd be mm-hmm. he'd he'd make you laugh. That's for sure. Oh, sure would. Okay, well that is your Q and A. It's been a minute since we've done one. We'll we'll keep doing these here and there. Yeah, like I like Q and A's. Uh, keep it fresh. Okay, uh, on the slate, take two, 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 two hundred and twenty-two. Uh, we're gonna try to do knock at the cabin and maybe Magic Mike. I know that we're planning on seeing Magic Mike, so knock at the cabin for sure. Like I might even go see that today. Go see it. Oh, is it out? Yeah, it came out yesterday or oh, Friday. Perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna take Thursday and Friday off. It's gonna be my movie day. Oh, I love that. I love that you can just take those days. So I actually just learned that Friday I was supposed to have a day off, but it's technically a wellness day. So my students don't have to come to class, but I still have to go to school for some reason. Oh, for, you have to be there all day. Yeah, but no oh. one will be there, so I'm probably just gonna like watch, watch movies. A, watch a movie. Yeah. Wow. No. Do I need to pull up? Oh my god. I might. I might pull up. Come through. Get a little tour. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Maybe some lunch. Oh, please. Costa Vita right down the road. I always go to Costa Vita. <laughs> so that's a, Hey, you live right by uh, the, well, not live. The school's pretty close to the district. Yeah, it is. Say, it's right down the road. The angry Korean that we went to for. Oh my gosh. Water, yeah. Let's do that. Brooks, that was good. That was really good. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Friday we do a little uh, streaming movie at your, at your school. <laughs> On the Just let me know. Okay, I'll let you know. Okay. All right, everybody. Anybody, anything else? We're good. Love it. Everybody, stay sweet. Sweet. sweet.